0: You're listening to the regular podcast from Pete the Vet's blog. This was first broadcast on East Coast FM.
1: He doesn't want to talk about animals now, our vet Pete Weatherburn from uh, Brave Vet, old Connor. He wants to talk about cycling.
0: Well, I was just going to mention, after that discussion about people cyclists dropping litter and one thing or another, um, it so happens that in the Roundwood area this coming weekend, um, at lockdown precisely, there's the um, annual... Triathlon organised by the Wicklow Triathlon Club. It's called the Beast of the East. And you go swimming in Lockdown, then you go cycling around Lockdown and Roundwood, and then you go running around there as well. And it's called the Beast because it really is an awfully difficult one. But I wanted to make the point that the under the Triathlon Island rules, if people drop litter, such as the discarded. Um, packets so drinks or gels that people might be ty- taking while they're cycling, um, if, they, if they're seen to drop those, they actually get penalty penalty times deducted from their, their race times. So it is taken very seriously by, by the people who, who organize these events. Um, and, you know, I just think that message should get out there. And if anybody's interested in watching people torture themselves, well, you go up to lockdown on Sunday morning at nine o'clock and you'll see them. It's kind of... Uh, a pastime, a recreation, but it never looks like much fun, does it, when people are out doing these things? They look like they're suffering.
1: Right, you're a member of the club, but you're marshalling, are you?
0: Uh, Yes, all the members of the club get pulled in to marshal. It's by default, you have to marshal. You have to have a good reason not to do it, because um, triathlons are... There's lots of triathlons on these days, and what's really important is that each club, um, you know, welcomes everybody and gives a really friendly, enthusiastic um, event, and that's what we'll all be doing That We'll all be out there, Thank you. the cat egging everybody on and trying to cl- and trying, trying, trying to make them feel good about themselves as they torture themselves.
1: OK. <laughs> Thanks for that. Pete, Pete Weatherburn, our vet from TV3 and uh, Brave Vet, Old Connor. And um, Pete writes in the local papers here but also um, in the Daily Telegraph so he knows the stuff. If you have any questions you can uh, grab them in at 08777 11 103. Um, still to come, by the way, we've Joe Supple, our holiday doctor and Keith Barry as well is dropping into us. Now, Pete, Pete, you've just come back from New York and uh, I was in New York a few years ago and I thought it was absolutely amazing at night uh, around about 7 or 8 at night around Central Park where and uh, I know there's millions of people in New York, but the population of Manhattan seems to descend
0: on Central Park with their little pooches and go walking around. And their big pooches. I mean, it's, it's, it's a great example of how you don't need to have lots of space to keep a dog, to keep even a big dog. And um, I, it was my first visit to New York, and I was fascinated by the various different animal aspects of it. And Central Park is one of them. The number of people walking their dogs, you're right. Um, and also, the, those horses in, in Central Park, is quite controversial, actually, um, you know, you get you get in, a ho- uh, in, a, uh, in a sort of, uh, what do you call it, like a carriage, and you get driven around by a horse, and it's the same sort of thing that happens in Stevens Green um, in Dublin, but in New York it's become quite controversial, and lots of people want to get those horses banned because they feel there's too much suffering of the horses um, while they do their tourist thing, and I have to say, I, I, I know where people are coming from, but um, the horses I thought looked quite well looked after, and... Um, I think there's much greater animal-related issues going on, such as the factory farming in the States. You know, the, 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 the amount of meat that is eaten there, you can buy very cheap meat, and people have sandwiches with, like, 10 or 15 layers of ham in between two bits of bread. They eat a massive amount of, of and meat. does the beef come from Argentina or does it come from the United States? I think it comes from the States, mostly. Um, and I think that, the, you know, the, the, the level of intensive farming um, that goes on over there without animal welfare controls such as we have in Europe is quite astonishing. And, um, you know, I think that if I was focusing on animal welfare issues in the States, that's where I'd start, rather than with these with these horses, but there you go, it's, it's become a very become political football in, in the States. Um, and um, as has the first event which I, came, which I went to and I went to New York, which was the Pride March. And I was, um, you know, this Pride March is quite astonishing, we have one in Dublin, but it, the one in New York, it went on for four or five hours, with these people in colourful clothes, or indeed without colourful clothes, going past you. And what interested me was that they also had dogs there. Um, and not only dogs, but other pets. One man was holding a cat, and and he he also had a parrot on his shoulder. So New Yorkers are mad about their animals, and that includes dressing them up and making them look very fancy for the Pride March. Um, We also visited some of the um, New York veterinary facilities. In particular, there's a a remarkable facility called the Animal Medical Center, which is an eight-storey purpose-built building. We think we've done well (laughs) at Brave Vet with one storey, They have eight stories, and um, they have eighty vets working there with three hundred staff, and this is a a non-profit. facility. It's, it's, it's done, it was set up as a charity. Um, they do actually charge people um, regular veterinary fees, but they do help out when people are stuck sometimes. But the, the, what ama- the, the amazing thing is not just the size of it, but the, the the quality of the veterinary care they provide. They do things like CAT scans, MRI scans, they do full dialysis for dogs. So if a dog has kidney failure, they can have a machine that looks like a big robot that sucks out all the dog's blood, cleans it, and scores Squirts it back into the dogs. Now, that sort of facility is not only not available in Ireland, it's not available in the UK. So, here they have it in a charity funded um, facility in the middle of New York. It's quite amazing. So, um, they also do things like acupuncture, rehabilitation therapy. Almost anything that you can imagine that could be done to treat dogs and cats is done at the Animal Medical Centre. And it, it, I, they were very kind to give us a two hour tour of the place, and I was deeply impressed
1: very good so there's your aspiration now <laughs> Plenty permission
0: in Bray for an eight story well as with start we've got good foundations on the one story so maybe we can get a few more stories on top of that one <laughs> yeah.
1: listen a couple of questions have come in Pete great uh, Pete uh, my dog has no appetite in the hot weather would you recommend dry food instead
0: that's Charlie and our club. a lot of dogs don't eat as much in hot weather it's partly because they don't need as much food because they obviously don't need energy in their body to keep them warm so um, they, they tend to be less interested in any case so I would except that you're probably going to give your dog maybe um, one-third less food than normal, and as long as they're bright and they're well, I wouldn't be too concerned about it. I don't know if if, if you want your dog to, to... If you want to encourage your dog to eat dried food, isn't the best thing to use, actually. The better thing to use would be something wet, like human food or maybe mix through some of his dried food or or, or wet dog What's food. What's human food? I know what human food is, but just tell us the do's and Oh, don'ts. I just mean giving, like, bits of chicken and bits of meat... Um, sprinkle through the food, uh, the normal dog's food, that, that tends to make, make the food more appetising and they're more likely to eat then. Um, but I also, I, I, I tend not to worry too much about a healthy dog that doesn't want as much food in hot weather. You know, it's most likely the dog just isn't hungry. And probably the biggest nutritional problem we see is obesity because people worry about the dogs not eating and so they tempt them to eat with, with extra, extra tasty right. well, food. So that brings
1: us to our next question. Yes. Uh, hi, Declan, can you ask Pete, um, can you put
0: dogs on a diet? Absolutely. Definitely. If a dog is carrying too much weight, that's what you need to do. Um, And it's it's very similar to humans to the extent that, you know, um, the best answer is not to say, okay, for the next month we're going to be really strict, and then to relax after that. The best answer is to choose a long-term healthy diet measured amounts of food every day, and just stick to that with no extra tidbits or anything, anything um, fatty like that. And if you stick to a healthy diet over a long period of time, your dog will reach its perfect weight. There are some dogs where it gets difficult and they... they, 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 they They just somehow don't seem to lose weight when you do that. And for those dogs, if you go to your vet, they'll give you a prescription-only diet that's very high in fiber, very low in calories, and it's virtually guaranteed to make any fat dog lose weight. So that's the kind of radical version if you really are in difficulty. We don't do stomach stapling, we don't do gastric bands, but we do do prescription diets.
1: Okay. All right. Uh, thanks very much indeed for that. Pete, was there anything else you wanted to mention?
0: No, i uh, just to say I also called in some animal rescue groups in, in New York, and it's, it's interesting to see that what they do is very, very similar to what WSPCA and other groups do here in Ireland. The problem of, uh, of unwanted, neglected animals is a universal, global issue, I'm afraid. Do they do uh, neutering? Do they do microchips and things? All that. It's it's just the same. It's like a parallel world out there. The same problems. um, And just sometimes slightly different ways of approaching them. But it makes me realize that, that it's not just an Irish problem. It's a global issue.
1: All right. Pete Weatherburn, our vet. Thanks very much indeed, Pete. Best of luck with your marshalling anyway. <laughs> uh, and don't forget, don't throw that litter if you're taking part. And in fact, somebody says, so it is an issue. First time I heard anyone admit that it is an issue as regards litter from cyclists. We all knew they should be fined a statutory €125 Euro for every piece of litter dropped. Who do they think they are? <laughs> You'll be marshalling and uh, watching out for that, be, I'll be, I'll be, I'll, If, if they, anybody drops bit of litter, watch out. Ten minute fine. Pete's on the case. All right, he's got his park ranger hat. (laughs) Thanks very much indeed, Pete. Thank you. Okay, uh, that's uh, Pete Weatherburn, our vet there, from his website, petethevet.com, where you can hear this broadcast again and uh, his practice on Old Connor here in Bray.